2: Superman, strange visitor from the planet
3: Krypton, who came to
2: Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman carries young Dick Grayson through the substratosphere in a desperate attempt to save the boy's life. And Bruce Wayne, who is the famous Batman, is with a doctor, watching anxiously from a hospital window as they wait for the return of the Man of Steel. Can you see them, Doctor? No, they're out of sight. Probably up in the stratosphere by now. Oh, how I hope Superman's stunt works. So do I, Mr. Wayne, but he's taking a desperate chance. I admit the sub freezing temperatures of the stratosphere may revive the boy, but at the same time he can't breathe in that thin air. Superman knows what he's doing. I trust him. Of course. Now wait, 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 wait. I see them. Where? They're coming out of that cloud. Oh, yes. I wonder if Wait, boy... guns. What's the matter? That's, that's Dick coming down alone. He's he's falling out of the sky. <laughs>
0: Jang, do you know how lucky you are to be living in a free country like the United States? A country in which a man is judged by what he is, not on a basis of his background socially, financially, or otherwise. Let's illustrate that by taking two boys as examples. And let's call them Albert and John. Albert's family is very wealthy, so he's had every opportunity you can possibly imagine. For instance, he learned to swim from an excellent swimming coach in his private swimming pool. And when he was ten, his parents sent him to a very fine boys' camp. Now, John is a boy who is not so fortunate. He learned to swim from older kids when the gang went down to the river on hot summer days. He spent a couple of weeks at a boy scout camp, and the rest of the summer outdoors with his pals, learning by experience. Now, suppose you had the chance to pick Albert or John to be your friend for a long time. Would you know, just from what I've told you, which one to pick? Of course not. You see, America is founded on the principle that all men are created equal, according to the Declaration of Independence. So the fact that one boy has money and the other hasn't makes no difference. Albert might be a terrible snob. Or he might be a really swell guy who uses his chances to make himself an all-around guy. On the other hand, John might be a nasty kid who loves to annoy people all the time. Then again, he might be a regular fellow who always tries hard to make friends. You never can tell, you see. What you should want to know is, what sort of a guy is he? Gang, that's the only way to judge friends and acquaintances in a true democracy.
2: And now, The Adventures of Superman! Armed with the knowledge that his speed, the speed of light, would equalize the deadly sonic power of Butcher Stark's voice, Superman and his guys of Clark Kent began the difficult task of tracing the killer and his accomplice, the Scarlet Widow. And the first indication of their whereabouts came in a news release from Chicago, reporting the mysterious death of two notorious underworld characters, But Kent's satisfaction was dampened by the additional news that Dick Grayson, Batman's young companion, Robin, was found near the scene of the crime, unconscious. Resuming his true identity, the man of steel rocketed to Chicago with Batman and there found Robin in a city hospital, his condition grave. Superman went into immediate action. (laughs) Holding the unconscious boy tenderly in his arms, he soared into the sky, reaching for the sub-freezing temperatures of the stratosphere in the hope that the intense cold would supply the severe shock necessary to bring Dick out of it. Circling in the thin, airless atmosphere, is zone impossible of sustaining human life, Superman watches the boy's drawn pale face carefully, hoping, praying for a change. Come on, Dick. Come on, boy. Snap out of it. You've got to snap out of it. Then there is a change, but not the one hoped for. Young Grayson's lips and cheeks turn blue, and his chest labors painfully. Even though unconscious, he instinctively fights for his life, fighting for oxygen that is not to be had. Dick, Dick, can you hear me? Great Scott, he needs air, but he's still unconscious. I can't keep him up here another second, but I haven't given him the shock he needs. Well, there's only one thing I can do now. Here you go, boy. Pausing in flight, Superman suddenly opens his arms, and the boy tumbles headlong through the air, falling toward the earth miles below. Curling down in tight circles around the plummeting body of the boy known as Robin, Superman maintains his anxious watch, searching for the first sign of the youngster's regaining consciousness as he falls to within 30,000 feet of the earth. Then 10,000, 5,000, now barely a 1,000 feet from the ground, Superman detects a change, a change for the better. Color floods the boy's cheeks. The color of life. With renewed hope, the man of steel scoops the boy into his arms and carries him back to the hospital where Bruce Wayne and the doctor wait. Anxious questions crowding their lips. Superman. Let me all see right? the boy, quickly. Yes, Bruce, he's all right. I think we've done it, doctor. Here, I'll, I'll put him on the bed. Quickly, ring for a nurse. Okay, but will he be... See, doctor, he's breathing normally. There's this color in his cheeks. Yes, yes, I see. There may be a chance. Now, if you gentlemen will please wait outside. We should know the answer in a very short while what's taking that doctor so long wait a minute bruce coming out now please lord please make robin well well doctor you may go in now gentlemen does, does that mean it means everything will be all right oh thank heaven the boy is conscious and he will recover <laughs>
1: So help me, Bruce. I never heard anything like it in my life. The sound cut through me like a sword. I thought my head was going to split wide open. Oh, will
2: bet. That was Butcher Stark, all right. Well, how do you feel now, Dick? You feel well enough to talk? Oh, sure. Well, then let's have the story, huh? From the beginning.
1: Okay, here it is. After Batman called me from Metropolis and asked me to nose around, I began checking all the local airports. Uh-huh. Not only the ones close to the city, but the small airstrips, 50 and 60 miles out. Good boy. I was lucky... The plane you described came in the night before at a small field and landed because something was wrong with the engine.
2: What a break that was.
1: And how. Well, there were three people on the plane. Three people? Uh Uh-huh. Two men and a woman. And they didn't wait to see the plane repaired. They took a cab all the way into Chicago, saying they'd be back in a couple of days. Did you trace the cab? Oh, sure. It was easy. They went to a pool room in the stockyard area of the city. A hangout for some pretty crummy characters. I wonder where Stark and the Scarlet Widow picked up the other man.
2: And what for? Oh, probably someone the Scarlet Widow knew. A man who could fly a plane. Oh, I get it. Well, what did you learn in the pool room, Dick?
1: Well, yesterday evening, things seemed ready to pop. I waited and watched. Fellas were walking in and out of a back room, and I figured some big shot was holding a meeting there. I tried to get in myself, but I couldn't. That was dangerous. And then two men came out. One of them was the boss, I think. The real bigwig. The way everybody spoke to him. Yeah. And he and his friend looked like they were up to something. So I decided to tag along.
2: Well, how did you do that?
1: Oh, you know the old trick. I ducked out ahead of them and hid in the trunk of their car.
2: Oh, you sure take
1: chances, son. And how? (laughs) Well, I figured it was worth it. Anyhow, they drove to a spot on the lake shore in part. I waited a couple of minutes, and then I ducked out of the trunk to see what was happening. And boy, did I get an eyeful. What did you see? They were waiting to give someone a royal reception. Huh? With submachine guns. Uh Uh-oh. I decided that things were going to get a little too hot. So I moved out. I waited about 50 feet away. I'm glad you used your head that time. (laughs) Thanks again. About two minutes later, another car came down the shore drive and pulled up 100 feet away from the car I'd left. It was dark, but I could just make out the outlines of two people in the front seat.
2: Stark and the Scarlet Widow.
1: It was too dark to be sure. Anyhow, one of them got out and walked over to my pals. And the next thing I know, wow, that awful noise. And I guess I folded for a nice long nap. Brother, you don't know how long that
2: nap might have been. Listen, Dick. Do you remember where that pool room is?
1: Sure, I'll take you there. You'll
2: do no such thing. You're staying put, young man.
1: Oh, now, wait a minute.
2: Bruce is right. You've done enough.
1: Oh, why cut me out when things are just starting to get exciting? It won't
2: be so exciting. This will be just routine. Now, where is it? Come on, give.
1: Well, the place is called the Ace Billiard Academy on Fremont Street.
2: Right. You ready, Bruce? Ready, willing, and able. Okay, let's go. Come on, out through this window.
1: Ah. And away.
3: There
2: are the stockyards, Batman. Yeah, we must be close. We are. Fremont Street is over to the left. Hold tight. <coughs> hey, hey, don't cut your corner so short. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There, that's Fremont Street. Now, the ace billiard... Say, what's going on? Huh? That crowd standing around in the street. Yeah, something's happened down there. Look, police cars, an ambulance, people being carried out in stretchers. Batman, we're too late. What? Look at the front of that building. It's shattered. Butcher Stark and the Scarlet Widow have beaten us to it again. (laughs) Whooping low over Fremont Street, Superman and Batman stare with gloomy eyes at the shattered exterior of the pool room, which gives mute but clear evidence of Butcher Stark's presence. (laughs) What will Superman do now? Will he be able to pick up the trail again? We'll find out in just a moment, gang. So keep listening.
0: You know, gang, it takes all sorts of people to make up a world. Because if every man was good only as a ditch digger and every woman as a seamstress, we wouldn't be able to eat or to read or do or see. Also, if everyone was a leader, there would be no one to follow. So you see, each of us must be a little different from his neighbor. Now, actually, people aren't really very different from one another. All races dislike wars and stealing, and they all like to play and to eat good food. For example, you can make a trip around the world, and no matter what country you stop in, you will find there are some people who have become your dear friends. However, there are two ways in which people differ. One is in outward appearances, such as speech, color, size, and so on. The other way is in personality. Some people are likable because they have a good sense of humor. Others, because they are very intelligent. Some people are leaders and some are followers. Some are energetic, others lazy. Now, the interesting thing is that the difference in physical characteristics are all almost impossible to change, so they are unimportant. But you can change the important thing, your personality, if you try hard enough. And it is worth trying for. You see, although the Declaration of Independence assures us that all men are created equal, it does not say that all men are equal, because that is up to each individual person. Now then, Are you big enough to accept the challenge to make yourself worth as much or more than the next fellow in personality? Or are you going to sit back and become one of those who always complains of lack of friends and opportunities? Think that over.
2: And now, back to the adventures of Superman! With an important source of information cut off by Butcher Stark's destructive power... Superman and Batman are now on their way to the small airstrip on the outskirts of Chicago where they hope to pick up the trail of the killer. Think we can make the airfield in time? We'll know soon enough, Batman. We're almost there. Good. You know, I'm still trying to figure out why in the world Stark blasted that pool room. The cover is tracks, I suppose. Now, if we don't catch up to him at the airport, we'll have to start looking all over again. And it'll mean the lives of more people. Hey, hey, there's an airport, is that... Yep, that's the one we want. Hang on. Down, down. Down. Well, you recognize the Wait. Well, uh, let's let's look around here. Well, what about that ship down there? Near the hangar? No, that's not it. And it's not in the hangar either. Well, then what? They're gone, Batman. Oh no. Yes. Now we have to start from scratch again. Do the whole job all over. Ah! The Man of Steel and his friend Batman stand on the airport runway, momentarily confused and unable to plan a clear course of action. Like Grim Willow the Wisps, Butcher Stark and the Scarlet Widow strike and disappear. Their next port of call unknown. Can Superman catch up to them? There's plenty of action and excitement in our next gripping episode, gang, so be sure to listen, same time, same station, for Chapter 13 of The Voice of Doom on The Adventures of... Superman! Superman
0: is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman adventure serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Adventure Parade, which follows in just a moment. And right after Adventure Parade, you will hear Tom Mix and his straight shooters.